You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to episode 206 of Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Rant's going to happen today. Because, Mike, I think folks blowing last night, honestly, like some people are going to hear me say this and they're going to go, man, F these two, so stupid. Uh, but clearly, things are being blown way out of proportion. So if you're one of those uh, who let that game get to them, um let me say let me say you know what i'm one of them i was angry mike this morning what what did i what did i text you and say i wanted to title today's episode we uh radically changed the uh format slides and content of the show three times this morning in the span of five minutes where you completely wiped out your slides and then you completely put it back in then you're gonna pull them back out again snip snap snip snap snip snap Matt was doing a Red Wing triple vasectomy this morning, but he's come back to his senses. Um, he's no longer the Zach Braff chicken little, and I think we can proceed as normal. Matt, this is a 500 hockey team who played two very good teams in hockey. So I think we saw the results of two rosters. Yeah. Um, and boy, was it fun for five periods. I'm stealing that line from Blashville. I'm stealing that line from Blashell. He didn't say fun, but he's like, you know, we looked like a good team for five periods. And then uh, the second half, the third period happened, and uh, oh my God, we crapped the bed a little bit. But to be expected. Um, so we had a whole thing where we're going to go down a rabbit hole, and my God, how are we going to do these Red Wing defensive cores? My God, we got to look at the prospect list. We got to pull up free agents. Who are we getting at the deadline if anybody? You know, it's. I mean, it's two good teams. It's, uh, you know, we, we did pretty well against uh, those goddamn Penguins. And then, uh, you know, the Toronto buzzsaw. We'll call them the regular season buzzsaw came in in that third period. And, uh, you know, they got a couple empty nutters. Those don't even count. Yeah. So we, we barely lost by kind of a goal against Toronto. So that's not <laughs> that's not a big deal for me. We, we want to we touch on some of the analytics in this. So we don't, we don't want to get too deep. But, um, you know, I forgot I did want to do this, too. So everybody forgive me uh, while I pull this up. If you are um, listening to the podcast right now, you you are being saved from Matt actually going through (laughs) as I speak and pulling up uh, the shop page. But I just want to remind everybody, it's uh, BODpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com. You guys can check out all of our sweet merch, uh, including... Uh, our brand new shirt that I'm going to scroll down to on the bottom here. Uh, the Save Us Verona, of course, the silhouette of, of our man celebrating his four-goal game and uh, throwing the hashtag on there. Maybe that'll catch on. Um, I'm, uh, I'm a pretty big fan of this. Nice, cheap, and easy $18.99. You get to wear a cool Save Us Verona t-shirt. Uh <laughs> akin, akin to save us uh, Y2J back in the WWE days. So if you guys, uh, if you guys want to support the show, of course, there's a ton of ways that uh, you can 
wear your Red Wings rant gear, but uh, this one I thought would be a little bit more fun uh, for anybody that already has their Red Wings rant gear and they're just looking for a way to support the Wingdings um, by also supporting us. So there you go. BODpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com, and click on the shop button. Um, I do like that if your tweet gets a little lengthy, you know, and you can't quite worm in that save us Verado, you could just do hashtag SUV, and we'll know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Verano drives the Motor City, you know, some crap like that. I don't know. Um, well, my man Craig is getting us back on track here. Craig, how you doing? Heronic has regressed. Uh, that's actually going to be a show topic. We're, we're going to get to that. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the defensemen here. So we're, we're, we're coming up to that. And it's we're going to ask the question, like, how much can you really expect out of this group? Um, but first first things first, Mike. This is I, I, I titled the episode, uh, what was it? Our defensive struggles overshadowed some positives. Mike, Jay Fresh highlighted uh, for everyone how great the Penguins really are. Uh, and this was, uh, this had nothing to do with the Red Wings game. People were just asking for his team cards. So he threw it out there. Uh, the Penguins, uh, league rank seven, division rank second. Um, and you could see top 10 in almost every statistical category for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, uh, what I guess where I'm coming from and highlighting this is that we actually had a pretty good weekend of hockey and we're, we're still right smack dab in the middle of a rebuild. We almost... We're able to beat the Leafs, shot them down pretty handily, uh, nearly took a 5-2 to two lead against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and took down the Pittsburgh Penguins, who one might be able to argue, you know, with this table here, uh, would have been a more impressive victory with, uh, with how strong the Penguins have been playing recently. That being said... Um, you know, there, there were still some negatives, but that's where we want this episode to kind of come in and, and make sure nobody's nobody's forgetting. Mike, you you just, you shout out, you stop me, because a lot of this is going to be going through uh, these analytics and these numbers here brought to us uh, by Natural Stat Trick, uh, highlighting what what a clear victory it was for the Wingdings over the Penguins. Uh, what I highlighted here in the bottom right corner, you can see uh, Red Wings did such a great job. Now, uh, as the game went on, we actually got stronger in regards to high danger chances on the Penguins. Uh, so we went from 50%, so we split it right down the middle, to 57% to 60%. Same can't be said for the expected goals for. Um, that, that number actually came down, but we still owned it for the first, second, and third period against the Penguins, going for seven, almost 75% of the chances were in favor of the Red Wings, then 58%, then 53%. Now, reason I bring this up, goal scoring was 2-2, two to two, you know, through regulation against the Penguins. But when yeah. you're talking about the way that this game was played, it was owned by the Red Wings for three periods. When we're talking about five on five. Now, special teams, we could get into the conversation about the refs and, uh, you know, maybe too many penalties were called. Not enough penalties being called against the Penguins. Uh, but in regards to when this game was uh, was down the middle, it was five on five. Red Wings own this game. From, from our favorite way of analyzing any of these games and taking a look at the expected goals for. So... <sighs> This this is something where I'm kind of coming off of a lot of people being angry at the uh, I, I guess the implosion in the third period and what I saw was these third period implosions have to stop. 
where from a, a generic standpoint, absolutely. Um, but we're also coming off the heels of an amazing game the night before, and it's a back-to-back where statistically every team that plays a back-to-back plays a very strong first period, and as the game goes on, chances and attempts decline. Right. Across the NHL. So the Red Wings sort of just stuck to what happens in the NHL, and it just so happened to be against like you put it, the Toronto buzzsaw. So, again, throwing this out there, just want everybody to uh, take a deep breath, you know. Yeah. Let's let's calm down, but this is where we start the conversation. Mike, go ahead. uh, If, if, you know, this is uh, 1991, and uh, you're playing uh, the role of uh, Jim Garrison, uh, played by Kevin Costner in the movie JFK, Uh, essentially the schedule makers uh, shot the Red Wings, um, you know, for that third period. Back right in the D-I-C-K. into the left. Back into the left. Oh. Back <laughs> into the left. I missed your JFK. Like I heard it and I, my brain didn't register it till the back. back. Go ahead. Into the left. Um. So yeah, I'm. Yeah. I, that's that's what happened. I, I'm I'm not too upset about it. Um. The one thing I was gonna mention, and I always like to touch upon this, is how bad our special teams are. So anytime you're a little upset about the, the referees not calling penalties, like a, um, um, almost like a, a, a God, what is the word I want to use? Like a makeup call, like mm. for the other team when they don't make a call. That's actually for the Red Wings' benefit because we're so much better at five on five than we are on the power play. True. So they actually let it go. They swallow the whistle on purpose to try and help this terrible team. On the power play, man. So well, I appreciated the referee's effort to try and even out that game. I did. I did highlight at the end of that Penguins win. I was like, this is so out of the ordinary because not only did we get a Zadina goal, but it was also the second power play unit scored. So it's like, this is this is an oddity upon all oddities. Uh, Craig thrown out there. Overall, a lot of positives. Craig, I 1,000% agree. Uh, JM, he's checking in from work. JM. God bless you. You, I hope you're not getting in trouble. Uh, at least we got to see our boys play the best hockey they've played all year for two periods. And Mo, come on. The kid is so much fun to watch. JM, that's exactly where we're coming from. I'm so happy you tuned in. Um, and Craig throwing out there, Cider, Ragdoll, and Crosby. Beautiful <laughs> moment. Um, Ken Kelly I hope that's... Uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say that uh, I hope that we can save uh, that particular highlight when... Uh, you know, we're trying to get this uh, Calder awarded to one of the three Rookie of the Year candidates on the Red Wings team. Um, it's basically three on one against Zegras, and he's he's still running away with it with two magical goals. Yeah. Uh, because all they're going to remember is the razzle dazzle, but not the ragdolling from our beloved Mo. I uh, I wasn't going to bring that up to kind of highlight. You know, we're going up against the Ducks uh, tomorrow, but I was like, let's not. I think, bring up. I think we <laughs> need to make a dedicated effort to just cider your job today. I don't care if we lose nine to nothing. Okay. Just make sure none of those goals are secrets. That's your goal today. No highlight reels. I don't want to see them on ESPN. I don't want to see them on uh, magicians unveiled on Fox. I don't want to see any of that shit. So you get over there and you make sure nothing crazy happens. Okay. <laughs> it's your one job today. You're doing well, this for yourself. You're doing it for Ned, and more, most importantly, you're doing this for Lucas. He's your so best I, friend. 
I wanted to bring this part up, uh, so we'll, we'll bring up Mo here. Hopefully, uh, this isn't the thing that gets us taken down. Yeah, we need uh, we need this highlight shared as much as possible. Um, so yeah, this is uh, Mo just not backing down from uh, Sidney Crosby here. I, I would highlight too, Mike. Can you can, let me back this up here a little bit? Uh, watch Lucas Raymond on the right right side here. Uh, Stall and I believe Rust are going at it. Just watch Raymond as as Rust is trying to grab him. Yeah. A little karate chop to bring his hand down. Did you see that? Uh, one more time. <laughs> yeah. So oh, there again, we go. Okay. Got to watch on the right hand side. Ron Scott Raymond. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's beautiful. Uh, Raymond just not taking it either. But of course, the highlight here is cider. Now, what? Uh, a, a fun element about this, Mike. We talked about it all the time uh, leading up to this season. We we spent a whole year talking about an interview we did with Ken Kell, where he was um, really, he, he was holding back, right? He, he was like, it is exciting that these kids are coming, but just remember it'll be their first season. Remember when they right. start off well, it's been their first week, uh, you know, it's been their first month. And even now it's the first half a season. Uh, but Ken Kell put out a tweet that got thousands of likes because he said, this is, this is done. He said, I, I don't care what sort of, Silly goals that uh, Trevor's putting in to end the year. The Calder winner, the best rookie on the ice, is Mo Sider. Um, now, to your point, Mike, you were talking about uh, needing some highlights. I, I, I said this is great. This this right here, beating up uh, Crosby, because this proves that Sider is not only great at hockey, but he's a marketing wizard too. Because the social media team. Mike, the uh, pregame highlights. Uh, Mike, for for Cider's banner raising, uh, if I may, for his for his jersey retirement banner being raised, they have they have some highlights now to, to put together, and that's <laughs> it's not just going to be amazing deeks to get us into the zone that we'll talk about in a second here, but it's going to include a face wash of a man who will go down as as one of the greatest of of all time to play the sport. I. I won't shy away from saying that. We know Crosby's really good at hockey, but um, Cider in his rookie season did not back down. Uh, just, just a beautiful moment uh, for for Red Wings fans to 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 make sure they don't forget. Right? This is, I'm Craig. I'm glad you brought it up because we we we're trying to highlight the positives here this weekend. That I thought two nights in a row, very good Red Wings hockey, very good middle of the rebuild Red Wings hockey, and we're all so angry. That not only did we lose the game against one of the best teams in the league, but we, oh gosh darn it, Mike, it, we let in two empty net goals too. Ugh. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of harping on that because people are, are using the uh, giving up five goals in the third period, kind of like clickbaity. Like I'm going to get an easy like on Twitter right now by bringing up five goals against, but uh, two empty I net mean, goals. It, I mean, it, it was... It was, yeah, it was maybe, it was three goals, you know, we'll, we'll say two and a half. One of them I wasn't super impressed by. So, I mean, they, they kind of got two and a half, they squeaked by and they beat us four and a half to four. So that's, that's how I watched it. <laughs> Eric, here, what's going on, Eric? Uh, Eric, can you stomach the Red Wings losing four and a half to four? Yeah. I mean, that's much. We lost four and a half to four. I think we can stomach that. Sam, I'm glad you're here too. He's he's uh he's here you, with Sam. us live. Um now uh we, we did have some slides that we wanted to keep going over as well. So we have the highlights yeah. from uh from that penguins game that we can bring up if we want, but really that's that's uh 
I don't know. Do we do we want to see Philip Sedina finally put one in? We we talked about Man, we're it. not gonna get a lot of opportunities to do this. So <laughs> I think that if you and somehow have the capacity to have a Zadina goal highlight, I think at all costs we we need to dedicate some portion of the show to some visual that this guy can put pucks in net. It's real. Well, let's, oh, I let's think you have this. it. I think you have it ready to go right now. I, I just want to transit. We'll transition this into what could have been a huge lead for the Wings last night. And it's another one of those things where we're so angry about losing, but we were one bounce from that game being out of hand in our favor. But yeah, I mean, I didn't get a lot of likes for this, Mike, but uh, I tweeted out trade value through the roof. Oh no, we've got sound. Oh Crap. God, hey, we're going to get canceled. Yep. All right. So there's Adina putting it in. Oh, we got it. We got it. Let's back that up. We don't, we don't need the far away view. Let's get right in here. So Letty's actually taking this uh, from the point. So if we could just get right to the end there, this is the important part. Uh, I mean, not by any means what Zadina's known for, what he was drafted for. Puck gets stuck in his skates and boom, just knocks it in. Uh, nothing against uh, Puck's going in that way. Uh, just just kind of pointing out the, the obvious there, but good for Zadina. Uh, the only problem was, you know, I kind of, you know, like, I think, I think we were hoping like this kind of goal would happen for Zadina, uh, where we, we just, the way you looked at it was he had had really rough looking opportunities and he'd bounce them off the post, you know? So something that, you know, maybe shouldn't have gone in. And also Mike, uh, is everybody ready for the conversation that Zadina's stick is actually away from the puck and Rasmussen? Might have knocked that in. I'm not ready. Anyway, for that. let's 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 no. not do that. I don't um, want to hear about man. I don't want to hear about two shooters. Not today. <laughs> There's one shooter. All right. So good news for good news for Sedina. Like yeah. what you wanted to have happen there, right? Was that uh, the next night things were going to go better, or like just moving forward things would go better? But that's where um, I don't want to hear I, about the grassy knoll, Matt. I guess let's wrap up the conversation for the penguins. Cause this is another uh, juicy one to show for everybody. It's just how far in our favor uh, the chances ended up being. So that's that, that line that goes South uh, towards the Red Wings there. Um, I forgot like how the old Red Wings rant logo. I like this a lot. Oh, that, that that's just our regular overlay for everybody uh, who's not watching on YouTube. Uh, you guys are missing out our, our, on our Red Wings rant uh, logo there, but um. <clears throat> Oh, I meant the line. Looks like uh, the Detroit City skyline. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yep, right over Matt's head. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> I, I, I had to explain my joke, but go ahead. <laughs> so uh, that was just our last little uh, ditty for the Penguins game. Again, I, I this was this was a great game for the Wings. I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be missed. But as we moved into the next night, and I got to blow this up so I can actually read this. Um, still. Overall, pretty good night for the Red Wings. Uh, it just, I mean, yeah, the third period sucked, and that does happen sometimes. Uh, but what you can see here is we actually own the high-danger chances again, and um, chances overall ended up being in our favor. Uh, but, like, as everyone pointed out, and I think is is a good point, unlike that Penguins game, uh, the chances went deep, far into the Maple Leafs' favor into the third period. So they got 65% of the chances um and that's that's bad 
And what we were highlighting earlier, we were talking about, uh, was the notion online of people saying these third period um, implosions need to stop. And I, I guess it's just one of those things where we were one night removed from complete domination for third periods. And we immediately split and turned the narrative back into we always implode in the third period. And we're one night removed from <laughs> keeping a two to two game against the Pittsburgh Penguins and taking it into overtime. So Mike is the right way to look at this. I mean, we we've, you could, you could pull it as, you know, hockey's going to be hockey, but Mike, this is, this is what we've been saying all season and, and uh, all the credit goes to you because you started the conversation, but a 500 team, Mike 500 teams going to 500, right? I mean, you, you know win what? some, you lose some. Some go fantastically in your favor. You get to see a shootout goal. And uh, Mike, Calvin Pickard, what the hell? Shutting down Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sometimes that's going to happen. And then other times this is going to happen, right? Sometimes you flip a coin and you're like, oh, this game sucks. And then you flip it again. Hey, back in the money. So we just gotta get Thanks. used to that as a five hundred team. <laughs> um, so there, there are a lot of good things that happen in this game, but I, I guess this is like a horrible transition into this because what I wanted to do was kind of just go from Zadina's highlight from the last game and then kind of come to this where it just, God, is it ever gonna end for Zadina? So Ernie puts out this amazing pass, and I, I, I don't know if everybody saw this, but it's, it's funny. Like I didn't realize how close this was until I saw. You know, you, you can see what I what I screen grabbed here was actually Bailey's uh, transition into commercial. Uh, Ernie's got this puck behind the back, throws it out in front of the net, and it's four to two at this point. And there's our boy Zadina. I dare say the bad luck still rolling in. <laughs> I mean, this is nothing against Zadina. This is bad luck again. This is something where if he's like two feet, maybe even one foot north, it's five to two. And this game is just out of hand. Maybe Toronto, you know, is waving the white flag. Um, and it's just, you know, we can just watch the puck kind of slowly roll away from. Oh, uh, yeah, there it is. Like, look how close Sedina got to that puck. Can you see that? Is the overlay completely in the way here? It's not completely in the way because I can kind of see a little uh, ho ho cupcake in the lower left corner. Yeah. Um, but this is a picture of not just really one game, not just one shift of one game. Matt, this is a picture of Zadina's life this year. <laughs> I mean, nothing. Yeah, there there is no picture you could bring up that is more uh, indicative of what Zadina's season has been like and and to think too like all of this wrapped together like ernie's throwing it behind the back so it's not anything where it's like <laughs> you know ernie's got it he's making the play to make sure that you know the the secondary defense so the next defenseman in line from where ernie's throwing that puck isn't expecting the pass it's just i mean it's literally a matter of inches i threw two feet out there wrong dead wrong mike we're talking like three inches between the end of zadina's stick and that puck if, if three inches and, uh, and that game's five to two and out of hand. And I, you know, and I, you know what, you know what I always say, Matt, three inches is huge. <laughs> you dirty dog. All right. Um, again, what you mean? 
Yeah. Just continuing to like lay down the line here that this was a good weekend. We we're just maybe inches away from it being even better. Um, my dear Brainya, uh, I went to the Wings game here in Nashville. Seeing Raymond and Mo live made me realize just how great they already are. Uh, we are so close to contending. Ah, man. My dear Brenya, this is going to be a great transition into what we want to talk about next. So thank you so much. <laughs> uh, Tristan, last night's game was pretty exciting. Sucks they lost. Uh, Eric throws out there. My question is why the inconsistent play from period to period? Um, Eric, I... I would come back to that Pittsburgh game where we're on legitimate, you know, uh, you've got a day of rest, you've got an opportunity to practice. And the point we tried to make at the beginning of the show was maybe this was just getting screwed really hard by the scheduling. Also mixed with your level of talent and probably an upgrade needed coaching wise. All that wrapped together is where this, this turns into Red Wings lose, and we're, we're showing highlights where we're inches away from making it 5-2. to two. Um, Craig put it perfectly here. Just growing pains is, is a great way to throw that because we, we are such a young team. And to come back to Brainya's point, Raymond and Mo are rookies. You're, you're not coming in with two rookies and going, all right, now we're, now we're a playoff team. It's it's just there, there were so many holes to fill. Two guys weren't going to fill those holes. Mike, we made the point that Lucas would have had to come in. What did we say? Statistically speaking, would have had to have played at the level of five Connor McDavid's for us to guarantee a playoff spot. And we said that jokingly, but when you look at the advanced analytics and you can put together uh, that war statistic that we look at all the time from like Jay Fresh, um, <laughs> even the level of Connor McDavid that he brings, like just adding him to this team wouldn't have been enough. So you needed five Connor McDavid's to add to this team based on their performance from the last three seasons to see us in the playoffs. So clearly there were a lot of holes that needed to be filled. Hey, you could like right now you could say, you know what? Tyler Bertuzzi ended up being one of those Connor McDavid's. That's fine. Go ahead and say that. Dylan Larkin career year. So, you know, we can cross a couple of those Connor McDavid's off the list. But still, Lucas isn't having a Connor McDavid season. So it's just, it's he's having an amazing season. But we're, we still have so many different holes to fill. And I think um, that's kind of where we transition next. Uh, actually, this would have been smart if I actually had this up. <laughs> Dylan Larkin, uh, the difference, uh, uh, I guess, yeah, half a season can make. Uh, going from the 44 games from last year and adding in the games from this season, uh, his wins above replacement percentage. Again, this means that Dylan Larkin is in the top 8% in the league for wins above replacement just by adding in this season compared to last year, of course, dealing with injuries. Mike, what's the difference for Dylan this year? Uh, besides, oh, I know what you're getting at. I know what you're doing. You want me to think about that awful Darren McCarty interview again? He's <laughs> healthy. I'm waiting for the day that he does come back to me Tune and in. like send us a message. And so oh, I hear you guys are talking shit. Like that's what I'm waiting for. Um, well, there will be a, a slight pause as he licks closed another marijuana joint. Uh, <laughs> before he, he delivers that message. Yeah. Um, so what I, what I was saying was, you know, tr trying to put some Connor, Mc cross some Connor McDavid's off the list here. And I'm just jokingly throwing out Connor McDavid, but Mike, this was the fun one I, I found today as we're trying to find like fill these holes. Um, look at Tyler Bertuzzi. 
This is his three seasons. This is what this 89% war is based off of. Look at his war percentile rank for 2020 to 2022. Do you see on the top right that graph? That dot, if you looked at just this season, look at Jay Fresh's tables, Tyler Bertuzzi's 100% right now. He is better than 99% <laughs> of the league. That's You're crazy. Welcome. Yeah, <laughs> it's just crazy. That's how good of a season he's having. Uh, now, <clears throat> I threw this in there, uh, and this probably would have made more sense oh, to, when I was. He's only got one dot. Yeah, yeah, he's got one season. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, uh, Muffin Man Brand throwing out there. What jersey are you wearing? Oh, look at the timing on that one. Woo! I'm a big fan of Lucas Raymond. I needed to be wearing this jersey to throw this out there. His war is 66%. He's having an amazing rookie season. It's not Connor McDavid level. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, there's nothing, absolutely zero thing more, wrong with that, that. More importantly, is it Zegris level? Ooh, um, it's not. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, Zegris a little bit higher. Uh, but but again, the point the point we're trying to make here is that, yes, of course... Uh, these rough games are still going to happen because we, we're not, <laughs> we're just not at that point yet. Uh, so it sucks to keep making those points, but I think I, I, we're getting so far away from like the beginning of the season just felt like, oh my God, we're not going to, we're, we are not a playoff team, but how much fun is it to sniff the playoffs? Uh, you know, for what? We had a couple of months where we were really close. And yeah, where we had a, a bunch more games played than other teams. Right, and now Boston's getting so far away from us, and it's it's done, right? Yeah, but that's it's okay fine. that We're that all... dream's over. Yeah, you can have other dreams. Exactly. So when you go through a weekend like this, on back-to-back games against Pittsburgh and Toronto, two of the best teams in the conference, if, if not two of the best teams in the league, <sighs> and that happens. But where am I going with all this, Mike? I got to remove Tell this. Us, finally find the slide that I'm looking for. Well, we could, we could do one more, right? We'll do more slider. Mort Snyder's yeah. 96% worn right now, Mike. <laughs> That's pretty good. There's That's quite fantastic. a few defensemen. Yeah. But then you look at the rest of these defensemen. Hey, four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left. For you to bet. Not exactly sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if you know your team has to win. Anyway, not a new customer. You can experience the conference championships with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. All three of those things. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever and wherever you want. Hey, not everybody can sound as good as I do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on every NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One 
For customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, no! <laughs> what happened? where I was going. Uh, oh, I didn't Mark know you were going to share that one. That's uh, that's really rough. Now, think about two. Can I say before you go into it, Matt, Mark's, that Mark's I'm really... Home. I'm really glad that you gave full pages to everybody else um, and that you minimize <laughs> these based on uh, their war percentage. But I, I will say that they could be even smaller. So I would say next week you could minimize these even more. Just pull up the numbers. It'll kind of soften the blow of the ineptitude. Yes. Now, uh, quick little Easter egg. Does anybody remember uh, when I pointed out last episode that Gustav Lindstrom's picture apparently isn't in Jay Fresh's uh, database? Uh, because... There you go. And and whoever wants to throw in the chat, um, I'm not good with faces. I don't know people I work with and their faces. But if you know that face right there, let me know. Because I that is not Gustav Lindstrom in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> uh, but uh, for everybody yeah. uh, listening to the podcast, you know we've been running through these numbers. Uh, Nick Letty coming in with, with the best war percentage. But, of course, a lot of that coming from last year so he took quite a dip this year but he's still at 69 percent. very nice war mike if i may gustav lindstrom of course i mean we've already talked about it. he's at 83 percent. so now we're gonna what go through the, the rest of this list what was the <laughs> comment uh early on when our show started just mentioning heronic and his regression ah right uh so yeah we were coming to that point he's at he's at 36 percent war right now um this is actually pretty consistent, but I think the regression is in, you know, in him making himself a top pair defenseman because of what was available to us. And now clearly he's shown like it, it is, it is something where we thought like if we take all this responsibility away, things will start to improve for Heronic. And he's not awful, but when you talk about these statistics, the war, you're talking about can somebody come in and replace these guys and do a better job? And for Hronik, for DeKaiser, for Stahl and Osterley, you're talking about more than 60% of the league. Uh, there's guys that can do better. Um, so Hronik's the best of all of the turd sandwiches, uh, when you're talking about DeKaiser's at 30%, Mark Stahl is at 10%, Osterley is at 27%. Um, so it's it's just, if you want to highlight where the holes start, and we always look at the, the Red Wings, and, and we have to kind of pull back, Mike, when we talk about the forwards, because we always said it was the bottom nine, and now that, I mean, that second line is something... Uh, you can't really mess with anymore. Uh, you got to take that seriously. So now we, we legit have uh, a, a top six. No improvements, though, on the defensive side. Um, and that's where Tristan's comment, I keep forgetting that they have Edmondson in the pipeline, comes into play. Because we've got an Albert uh, Johansson and we've got an Edmondson, both left side defensemen, because that's where your bigger holes here are kind of showing, especially with the stall and, you know, DeKaiser who can't even make it in the lineup this year. Uh, that those are where you're getting some replacements, right? I mean, you've got those two names that will want to fight for a role. Um, and I think, you know, how difficult is it going to be to replace this? Not, not, not too hard. So it's going to be, I, I would say what we're thinking of here 
with the conversation kind of moving in this direction, is that this weekend wasn't as bad as everybody's painting it. And us being further away from them isn't too far down. You know, it's not too far in the future. We're very close because these names are easy to look at and say, boom, gone, replace them. Yeah, and I mean, um, it's uh, the nice thing, too, is like you touched on um, a couple guys in the pipeline coming up, Edmondson, um, Johansson, um, and then a lot of the uh, these fellows here, um, you know, it's going to be a pretty wide open uh, cap sheet uh, next year because, you know, you're going to be, I don't know what the plan is with Letty, if they can find some way to get a second or third round pick for him at the deadline. Um not but, looking you know, his contract is, uh, yeah, not looking great uh, for that. You know, maybe a fifth rounder, a sixth rounder. Um, but, I mean, Letty, gone. Uh, DeKaiser, going to be gone. Mark Stahl, going to be gone. Uh, so, in addition to being nice for Eisenman's, uh financial books, you know, that's 10, 12, 12 and a half million, wide open. Um, these guys who are just kind of, you know, cratering uh, the team defensively, uh, it's hopefully going to lead to, you know, better product on the ice and, you know, you're going to have room to kind of do it, do what you want with all that money. Um, so it, it shouldn't be too hard to find somebody in the 11 percentile uh, to be a little bit better than Mark Stahl uh, next season. <laughs> right. And, and making those incremental changes are going to help, but you, you got to think too, we've brought them up before, but some of the huge changes, um, going for like a, a Hampus Lindholm uh, coming up. Cause that that's kind of where this, this conversation moves next. And I just, uh, this is something I, we promised Tristan a while back that we'd, we'd come up with some names and this is kind of how we're going to wrap up the show. Uh, Matt's got some sick kiddos. So uh, we aren't going to go like the full hour and a half as we've been uh, doing the last couple of weeks. Uh, but we do. Yeah. We have a couple of names we wanted to bring up here as options. And I was finally going through some of the restricted free agent contracts that aren't going to be at that level of like Elias Pettersson, but maybe some options next year outside of just going, okay, throw a, throw the book, throw a, you know, throw the checkbook at Hampus Lindholm. Let's see. Let's see if that works. uh, The kids will actually call it uh, throw a bag. Oh, that's the phrase you're looking for. It's throwing a bag. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Mike, this is something where we don't necessarily have uh, the exact um let's see i i guess the j fresh breakdown this is this is evolving hockey uh first guy we're pulling up another islander uh and i say another because that's where we of course got letty from uh noah dobson here uh now now the key here for everybody listening to the podcast is while we pull up elite uh i'm sorry evolving hockey's uh, visual representation of how a player is doing we're looking at a guy who's not too great in any one area except for on the power play and getting attempts on the net but mike he's not too bad in any one area so yeah i don't want to date myself again as a 34 year old but i can use seinfeld references this is definitely an even steven guy uh perfect for a 500 flip a coin team let me tell you (laughs) Not too, and, uh, not too, not too good, but not too shabby. Exactly, and and really, like this is where that conversation where I said, uh, you know, you make you make like incremental movements, you kind of come up a little bit. Uh, and and another thing too, this isn't gonna destroy the books, but it is it is something too where um, if you're looking at a Noah, 
Uh, this this puts you in that realm of having a young cat where there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, a lot, there's still a lot of room for growth. Uh, I, I got to pull them up here. 20, 22, uh, six foot four, Mike. Um, but uh, I, I would say maybe the only thing going against him right now is is a right-handed shot, even though we he has played some uh, some of the left side. So that's where these guys are coming into play because we're primarily looking to replace on the left side. Next on the list, Mike. I can't read it. There we go, Montreal. Uh, Alex Romanoff. So uh, another opportunity here to uh, get a guy that's uh, maybe evening out with some better numbers uh, for, I believe that's expected goals against for the tiny little numbers I'm looking at. Somebody that's doing better with uh, limiting chances, even though there's a lot of them. And what you have to remember too, this is a guy coming from Montreal. Now you're stealing a guy from Montreal because they are, they're going to have some problems with uh, their own books. Um, right now they're over the salary um, cap. And uh, that's with uh, Carey Price being on long-term injured reserve. So uh, that's $10 million you're going to have to squeeze in there and sign another young defenseman. And uh, Mike, I had this plan so great um, <laughs> to not be ready. I for any of these guys, uh, but let me... No, I just, uh, of the but... two, um, I would definitely say that Dobson is a, a higher likelihood just because of the way Iserman constructed Tampa Bay and the way he's been drafting and constructing this Red Wing team in, in terms of size. Um, you know, with Dobson being the six foot four, uh, Romanoff, you know, being 5'11", um, you know, which a lot of teams do still, you know, will prioritize a guy like that size, but... Um, so far, what we've seen from Iserman, it's it's big boys. So Dobson, I think, is um, a little bit a little bit more likely. Uh, that's actually a great point. Um, now this this is another one where you really got to stretch. Um, if you're looking at Jay Fresh's numbers, which I don't have, uh, Mario tests out as like a. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, for anybody not watching on YouTube, Mario Ferraro of San Jose. Uh, is our next candidate, another restricted free agent. Now, uh, two things working against him. Uh, again, Mike, it, it does look like uh, the opportunities of, of putting pucks in the net while Mario's on the ice uh, definitely take a dip. Uh, it's it's rough to score when Mario's on the ice, but you can't forget that San Jose is not exactly a perfect team. So you've got a lot of wiggle room here. Uh, but another issue here, uh, Mario's actually uh, been quoted as saying, San Jose is the team that drafted me. I will never sign anywhere else. So, you know, is that just, you know, speaking to the media and trying to make sure you're getting fans? There's, there's a possibility there. Uh, but Mike, to your point, he's only five foot 11. Um, but again, we're trying to find, you know, some diamonds in the rough here, if I may. Um, and, and some guys that for a team that's going to need to make room. Some guys, and we know yeah, San some Jose guys, some ending. Uh, on their defense, that's so maybe, uh, that might be an opportunity. So maybe flawed guys who could be had for, uh, I don't know, Sedina. Uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, I feel, I don't know why I'm hesitant, but part of me feels like we could get a better, like this is where I just want to grab them from the restricted free agent market. You know, like we're not even going to have to give up a ton of picks because we're not going to be paying them a ton. But uh you know, San Jose might run into the problem that they can't keep giving these guys, uh, you know, keep spending more and more money on the defensive side. Uh, so you are probably going to end up overpaying 
uh, to at least land the contract, but then you're hoping that things are going to start to pan out. Like hope that Ferraro would pair better or have a better. Uh, mm. Yeah. Just th that defensive pair of Ferraro and like, uh, I hate, you know, we'll just throw it out there and a cider uh, would, would work better than any of the other dog shit options that cider's got right now. I don't know how far you want to pay into it, but again, just trying to look for some names here that uh, that might be options people to keep an eye on as we move forward here. And also teams that are spending too much in maybe one area. Like we know San Jose has got a ton of money invested on the defensive side. Do they want to keep throwing money on defense? Um, so this one is fun to look at. Mike, we got a lot of blue rectangles finally. Uh, Nick Hague from uh, Vegas. Uh, is, this is another one where they're, they might have to move this guy or uh, make some movements. Uh, he might need to be moved only because you want to throw them into a trade, but Vegas is going to have a ton of cap problems coming up. Um, you know, they're going, they're going high end, spend a ton on your top six, spend a ton on your top defensive pairing and kind of make everything work out. Now you don't get rid of a Nick Hague because you're making room. You lose Nick Hague because you're kind of getting, you're trying to get rid of another contract and this is what you can bundle to make sure that that moves. So he might, you know, this, this might be a moot point after the trade deadline. Uh, but if it's not, this is another guy that once, uh, the cap crunch comes for the Knights, maybe you sneak, maybe you sneak in, pick them up another solid option here. Uh, I don't know how much you want to, you know, we want to grab from it, but this is a guy, uh, Hey, while, while we're going through all these different names, we've, I've, I've made mention already, you know, like just going back what I can go back one slide here with Mario. Uh, we make excuses for some of the analytics going in the negative direction for Ferraro and he, he still looks solid and he's being rated as, you know, one of the top uh, guys in his age bracket right now. Nick Hague, the excuse you could make for these amazing blue bars is uh, how great Vegas does offensively and uh, putting pucks in the back of the net and getting chances and shots on net. So we see a lot of blue compared to red for some of these other guys, but Nick clearly... You know, I, I guess the uh, the asterisk you'd have to throw on there is that, well, he plays on the Vegas Golden Knights. So, of course, these numbers are going to look fantastic. Uh, but, again, we're looking for these young guys that you could steal away. And that's that's another name to keep an eye on. And I, I'm just going to roll through these now because uh, there isn't too much no, to I... grab anymore. But I, I think it's just there is a lot of hope out there. And the last two guys I'm pulling, uh, we played uh, last night, Rasmus Sandin and uh, Timothy Lilligren from Toronto. Um couple of options where Toronto is going to be under a cap crunch as well. And if you're looking for those opportunities to steal, steal them out from right under their nose uh, for any of these NHL teams that uh, you're going up against in the off season this year, there's another couple of options, uh, something to keep an eye on. So those are at least some guys that um, paint this picture that what's going on right now with our defensive core is, is not a problem that, uh, you know, we need to be worried about this year because this team wasn't going to the playoffs. We weren't winning the cup, but we already brought up Albert. We already brought up Simon. A lot of options on the restricted margin, uh, market. And if you, if you want to go back to how, you know, we've seen the success in Tampa Bay when Steve was building out the defensive court trades, always an option. So you don't necessarily have to look at this and say, we're, we're going to go through that restricted uh, free agent signing uh, fiasco that uh, Carolina and Montreal have been going through. But um, 
you know, you could you could at least uh, throw some trades down, and that would be a nice option for Steve. But um, again, not the point. The point wasn't necessarily to point out that any of these guys are available. It's to point out how many of them are available. And uh, a lot of good options for the Wingdings to, to make some maybe smaller incremental moves. I think if you look at those two Toronto guys, you're probably making a, a larger leap. But, uh, yeah, some smaller incremental moves that are going to move this defense closer into the direction of a winning franchise and not just those huge defensive voids, uh, you know, holes that need to be filled. Yeah, I, th- I think just the last thing to touch upon, too, is um, the guys you're looking at, um, you know, because we've talked about what kind of compensation you're looking at in restricted free agents. Um, so I would say, you know, ceiling wise, I gotta think that even if you're looking at Haig, uh, who's starting to produce and, you know, he's kind of getting the benefit of the players around him. Um, and he's the prototypical Red Wing, uh, or at least Iserman Red Wing defenseman at six foot six. Um, he's not, you know, necessarily, even though he does have positive numbers, he's not really like peppering the net with goals. Um, so if you're saying that, you think he can be had responsibly for a salary of like an AAV of 3 million a year. Um, just to kind of ballpark it, that would be looking at um, draft compensation going back in the form of a Red Wings second round pick. So we know that Iceman has been doing a few win now moves, uh, you know, particularly this past off season. So this is a spot where, you know, you'd be kind of weighing the numbers of, well, six foot six, Hey, kind of sh- shaped like what we're trying to set up here can we stomach giving away a second round pick this year matt i mean if i if that's me actually answering that question i mean it's exactly what you want to find i think in your second round pick and then you're you're moving you're you're that much closer right you've got a guy that's already ready to go and and with the prospects coming over we talked about and edvinson who's going to be you're hoping would just we're going to lock into another cider looking youngster coming in and looking like, uh, you know, a 10 year vet. Um, or you got Albert that we talked about earlier uh, as well, who's been playing a lot of hockey in the SHL. So there isn't too much growth there. So now you're locking in three legit options. And that's without talking about, are you going to spend a ton in the uh, unrestricted market as well? So as you're trying to pile up these options and fill out this defensive core, uh, there is a huge opportunity, I think, in, in, in the unrestricted market and in, in the restricted market, if you want to go in that direction, but there's a lot of opportunity to make this defensive core, um, more than formidable in one off season here. Um, a lot of turnover, a lot of chemistry issues when you make that kind of change. So maybe four, three or four new guys isn't exactly the best way to go because uh, I think we'll see too, if this team makes those incremental improvements that, that actually there's, there's always a domino effect with uh, especially teams like the Red Wings that already have a ton of young guys that could just be taking steps forward. They have the skill. They just need the experience and the smarts and maybe a little less pressure. Uh, So as those variables all start to come together and we put a formula together to figure out, you know, some level of success, uh, there's things that, uh, you would want to do things you don't want to do, you know, depending on where you're sitting, uh, from a fed's point of view, uh, you know, how many of these moves 
do you think are actually going to hurt us in the long run because we're we're doing so much player turnover? But I think the way to end that conversation, or at least to end this on a positive, is just one of the one of the things that uh, has been highlighted in the Iser plan, and and so far since Steve's been leading us to victory, uh, the word flexibility gets thrown about. So if you want to make some huge moves, there's going to be some names out there. There's going to be some opportunity for the Red Wings to make a huge unrestricted free agent move. That, again, as we've talked about, the unrestricted free agent market will hurt you in the end. It does. It will. There's no doubt about it. You will get hurt. <laughs> but, um, you know, so you can you can go that route. And I, I don't even say that that would be a bad move. I think there there are some options that are legit. And I, I, I would not be mad if Steve put us uh, in a contract that had people nationally going, woof, that's going to hurt you in three years. But for right now, it's pretty good. Uh, but again, if you don't want to go that route, there's a ton of options in the trade market and the restricted free agent market with teams that will be struggling with the salary cap. Um, and there are even some teams that we still haven't taken a look at yet that, that are going to have some problems. And some teams that have decided in the last uh, week or so, they have a new GM in place and they're going to be making some moves too. So there's a lot of options. I think, I think at least with the problems that we look at with this defense and we're also looking right now at a 500 team and we could look at, you know, again, four out of seven of the defensemen that we could talk about are, are, um, it's funny to say seven defensemen. I'm going to say everyday defensemen, but it's just the DeKaiser Osterly conversation. But if you're looking at four of those guys are just bottom of the basement, like statistically don't bring a lot. And that's again, taking a look at their, uh, we've, we took a look at their last season. We've taken a look at their last three seasons. Those numbers are consistently negative. That just means to me that it's going to be that much easier to find a replacement, right? Like it's, it's just going to be about contracts ending and putting in a new guy to say that, uh, you know, are, are we going to be able to find a better player? I think, I think it'll be pretty easy. Uh, Mike, I said a half hour, we're at 52 minutes. I've been rambling a lot here. Um, yeah, I, no, I, 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 no, it's not. I mean, like the, um, all this stuff, I, I, I love talking about restricted free agency. Um, and it always feels like a, a, a moot investigation because nobody likes signing restricted free agents except me. Um, and again, I, I think it is important to point out and um, I know Tristan's mentioned it a few times is, and you know, we, we echo it too is um, you know, this is a team, like you said, with a lot of um, cap space and it's probably going to go towards unrestricted free agents. It's probably going to go towards um, trades of teams looking to get under the threshold. So they got to empty out their books a little bit. So the likelihood of the Red Wings offering out money and draft compensation for players is, is not particularly high. Um, but I mean, should things fall right, um, with the unrestricted free agents, um, and you're like, my God, we're just like a couple guys away. And I feel really good about this team. Um, uh, you know, if we're just giving up a second round pick to have a guy who could be a top four defenseman for us, it's only a second round pick and we're pretty good at collecting those. So well, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I, 
some of the conversation too that we didn't really get too deep into is how much you're paying uh, it is possible that we're going to be paying a lot more than that to steal them away because you got to make it you know with the, the restricted free agent market um one of the things you, you have to talk about is to steal these guys you got to overpay them because you got to you got to take them from a team that's struggling financially and you got to put them in a position where they can't uh, they either don't want to start trading guys away to to be able to afford a guy that might still be a coin flip for are they good or not. Um, but I, I guess, yeah, there's there's a, there's a few more variables we didn't discuss. So we can get into that later. And there's a lot, you know, there, there's some smarter people that will put together in a couple of months tables that we can look at and decide if we want to spend the amount of money that uh, analytics would say you'd have to spend to pick up some of these guys. Uh, so that that's definitely a conversation we can have at a later date, but um, I'd say a lot of these names, I, I, you're, you're, you're going to be making somewhat of a gamble, even if it's like three mil and they don't end up, you know, they, they end up tracking to be a guy that should be paid less than a million. That's still, that's still a risk to some extent because it's going to take a couple of million away from somebody else. But um I, I still like the risk right now that you're taking because we're, we're, again, talking about replacing guys that are graded as your bottom 30%, 10% in the league. So if you're flipping a coin to say, is this guy going to be anywhere better than that? I, I don't mind that coin flip at all. Especially if you're in this mode of still trying to uh, figure some stuff out and find, you know, find yourself in the playoff conversation. If you're not ready for that, you know, and we're talking again, this is Steve Eisman's brain. If Steve's not ready for that, none of this stuff's going to happen. We're just going to keep drafting, collecting guys uh, to give us more draft capital. And, um, you know, that that means we, we got to keep regular capital open. That means uh, we got to keep those funds open. So uh, no free agents come in. We don't make any deals that could possibly hurt us in the future. So we'll know after this offseason if we're ready to get away from these conversations of uh, blowing it in the third period. Uh, Cause if Mike, I, if we don't make three significant signings, three significant moves, transactions to bring new guys to this team. And it, I will tell you right now, uh, Albert and Simon, we've talked about multiple times do not count in that conversation. I'm talking about new guys that legit we look at and we're like, all right, that guy's got a spot on the team. If we don't do three moves, I'm telling you right now, we still can't get mad if the same game happens next year. Boom, I said it. <laughs> really going out there, huh? Yeah, big, big hot take. All right, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap up here. Eric, throw it out there. Let's not forget the names. Uh, you know, we have a, a, a lengthy uh, prospect. Oh, Wallander, yeah. Uh, Wallander and Zero. Yeah, uh, Booyam, Vero, Sabrango, McIsaac. Um, I don't expect those guys to make any headway next year. I think that's where most of the conversation can focus on uh, Johansson and um, uh, and uh, Edmondson. But, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's something, too, where, to Eric's point, you don't want to bundle up too much money in any of these other guys when you want to keep space open for uh the likes of wallander uh it's it's really just this conversation wraps around into how competitive are we going to be next year um and how competitive should we you know this whole episode started how competitive should we expect us to be this year uh we'll wrap it up here right um hopefully we pulled some of you guys off the ledge here uh hopefully you're a little less angry 
because of the things we pointed out today, because this team is just flat out not ready. And I think this was actually a pretty good couple of nights of hockey. Uh, if you're a Red Wings fan, just the result sucked. Mike, if it was, let's take away the two empty net goals. If it was five to nothing and we came back and made it five to four, I mean, we'd all be feeling pretty good right now. So no. man, I'm going to stand by my statement. We only lost four and a half to four. <laughs> So if we only if we were down four and a half to nothing in the third period and we came back and made it four and a half to four. This is the team that fights, you know? <laughs> they just keep coming back in that third period, you know. It is it is funny, actually. Just this will be my last point. We'll wrap up, I promise. That we you know went, what? It's not how you finish, it's how you start. It's how it... <laughs> um we did start like half the we went through half of this a quarter of the season, I'll say that. And it was, wow, we're so scrappy, we never give up. And now yeah. everybody's ready to give up on this team and throw them in the garbage and get rid of the entire personnel lineup. <laughs> because now all of a sudden, after one game, man, they always just give up, you know? There's no fight in this team. What the hell's going on? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, sorry, you know, I, I did kind of yell at you for, for anybody who's too angry. Um yeah, let's sail off in the sunset. That's better than me starting another point. All right, see everybody later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys.